Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. Uh, we are doing a Saturday morning, very, very unusual for us. Uh, doing a Saturday morning, just a ramble over a cup of coffee. Um, I am joined uh, by uh, the um, one, the only, uh, Mr. Dan Potts. How are we, Dan? Yeah, good to Ferg. It's a bit different this, mate, but I'm more than happy to be here as always. Always a pleasure speaking to you, boys. How are you doing, don't mate? Don't know. Are we sober? Or are we hanging from the night before? <laughs> I'm a little bit hanging, mate. I had a few, I had a few uh, drinks last night. I was watching uh, that The Fall on Netflix, and I just the time ran away. It was about half one quarter to two, and I started to feel tipsy Ooh. and went to bed. Really good, by the way, if you ever fancy watching that. Okay. And um, Trevor, how are you? Morning, Fergus. Morning, Dan. I'm all right, thanks, mate. Just waking up, really. It takes us old timers a bit longer to get going in the mornings, but I've got my trusty cup of tea and my trusty cup and uh, looking forward to having a chat, mate. Yeah, it's very very unusual for me to be drinking something non-alcoholic on these things. I'm normally three sheets to the wind. <laughs> so we'll see, how, we'll see how this one goes. Um, it's nice to see uh, various um, apparels on people. Dan, you've got a genuine, um, genuine, new, new Arsenal shirt. Just been released ahead of the FA Cup final. Um, it, it's a nice shirt. Really, really nice shirt. I quite like it. I like the round colour on it, uh, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, this is my favourite part, actually. Yeah, I must admit, much better than the other one, I think. Yeah, agree, and agree. You've got one of Gavin's uh, from She Wore. You've got his Highbury uh, T-shirt. We, to be honest, that guy owns my house. He, I, I Everything I take out of my wardrobe has got Highbury on it or she um she wore are over and over or whatever it's got everything on there <laughs> yeah i'm the same mate um you know i have a t-shirt drawer and it's it's full of of gavin stuff but uh i don't mind i like it actually so uh yeah and today it's a hybrid day so and uh are you all right now dan you had a little sneeze there mate are you all right pal yeah i managed to get myself on mute though mate managed to get myself on mute just in time, you, you, but, yeah. you haven't been near my shirt, have you? My new shirt. <laughs> oh, listen to this. Let him get uh, get it over with. Go on in, Fergus. Soon, soon to be released. Apparently, this is uh, a, a model of the marble halls of Highbury. Uh, is what it's uh, a homage to. It's not a homage to Dexter. It's not a homage to H and B ice cream. Um, it, it it is the new Arsenal away strip, direct from my um, my source. Uh, my, um, my my marketing team in Wuhan in China. Um, so, yeah, bypassed the armory. Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you like? It's going to be yeah. a collector's one, that, mate. It's going to be a collector's one, that, in, what, 20, 30 years? It's going to be like the one behind me, the bruised banana, which is an original, by the way. Well, uh, do, you, do you reckon it's the last 20 or 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the amount you drink, Fergus, at football, I don't think it will. <laughs> well, it won't show his beer stains, Dan, will it? The beer stains won't show on that shirt. <laughs> it, it hides the ketchup stains, is what Dave Pearl said. It hides the ketchup stains. So when you're eating your hot dog, all the ketchup, <laughs> you won't even know it. That's so well, true. With, I didn't even think of that. I'm with you, boys. I actually like both the new shirts. I actually like this year's red shirt, and you're right about the collar, Dan. I like it better than last year's, and last year's was a cracker. And, uh, yeah, that... that, uh, that that thing that Fergus is wearing is growing on me as well. 
I should definitely be purchasing that, yeah. I didn't like them when they first came out. I didn't like any of them. I thought this looked like the Brimming Liverpool one. That one looked like the Tottenham one and the other one looked like the Chelsea one. I thought, hang on a minute, what's happening in here? But actually, when you, I saw it on Aubameyang, I thought, I've got to get this. And now Fergus is wearing that one. It actually looks all right as it goes. Sometimes maybe you've got to see him in person, haven't you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah know, you maybe, have... maybe it's just me, Dan. I think you're a great model, Ferg. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you should sign up to an agency, Fergus. Get in there, son. <laughs> I think so, mate. <laughs> Listen, uh, all seriousness aside, and all joke, sorry, all joking aside, not seriousness aside, people say we shouldn't play in white. We were talking before we started recording this, we were talking about um, the Herbert Chapman um, commemoration shirt, um, which... Unfortunately, I gave mine away to some kid in Africa. I took a load of shirts out to Africa, and old shirts that I um, <clears throat> no longer fitted in because obviously I slimmed down. Um, so the, the, uh, I took out and I gave them away. Uh, Trev, you have yours, but you can't get hold of it at the minute. Do you, what's your thoughts about us playing in white? Oh, well, uh, to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a red and white and yellow and blue man, if I'm honest, Fergus. But I, I, I don't fall apart over the fact we're not wearing yellow and blue. I'd like us to. But I understand it's all about marketing and 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 getting the money in. And uh, if I like the shirt, I like the shirt. So I'm not I'm not going to scream my head off over it not being yellow. I'd prefer it if it was. But yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, that's the way it is for me. Dan, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with Trev. I'm yeah, I'm red and white, yellow and blue. People, you know, in my kind of era, didn't have many kind of amazing memories in yellow and blue. I think Trev's got more than me, if I'm honest with you. Um, the ones I've got of yellow of 2006 final and other finals, we've lost some games we've lost at city grounds. So a lot of people hate yellow and then we started to change colours. That white shirt that we had was the season I thought we were going to win the league, if I'm honest with you. Um, and if it wasn't for Eduardo bringing that, yeah, Fabregas against AC Milan. I think that if Eduardo wouldn't have broke his leg, I think the momentum wouldn't have stopped him. I think we would have gone on. But we drew three games after that Eduardo leg break and lost the league by three points that year. And that was the closest. People say we should have won it when Leicester won the league. We were nowhere near Leicester that season. It was 2008 for me. And that was the that was the season that we should have won it. And we were wearing white. And I didn't mind it, if I'm honest with you, Aaron. Um, thanks for the Aurora and Summers model here. Um, with his uh, with his shirt on, I think it looks all right. To be honest with you, mate, I'm quite. I might get it. Might have to speak to your friend. I I, I don't have a bra on today, so I do apologise. Oh, it's a weekend. You don't have them on the weekend, do you? <laughs> Let them swing on the weekends, Fergus. Let them swing on the weekends. <laughs> do, you, do you know what, Dan? You're exactly right about about winning the league. That was the year we should have done it. And and people forget that Leicester didn't just win the league. That at the end they walked it. I think they were ten or eleven points clear. You know, they could have lost three games, three more games, and still won it. So. Yeah, although we were second, we weren't a threatening second. Although we did beat Leicester twice that season, yeah. Oh, what a game, that Danny Welbeck goal. That was the oh. only day that I've come close to thinking we're going to win the league now. After that game, I thought, well, it's ours now. we just got to not mess it up. And what do we do? We messed it up against Swansea at home. There, there <laughs> and then we lost to Man United. There is some newsreel, as they say, newsreel footage of me on BBC Sport, being interviewed by BBC Sport outside Highbury, saying... Um, uh, all right, so the Emirates saying um, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Watch this space. You watch my words. We're going to win the league after that game. So it was your oh, fault, Fergus. It was yeah. Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> but on, the, on the bright on the bright side, Spurs did lose a two horse race by coming third. That did make me laugh. <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> that was funny. 
no, no all, credit, all credit to our, our rivals. Um, you know, credit where credit's due. They've managed to maintain and retain uh, the Audi trophy. So we should um, respect them for that. Well played. Well done. What a great run they had in that cup this year, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny, isn't it? If you ever need a laugh, just laugh at Spurs. It's easy, really. Yeah. Uh, they make, they make it easy. Uh, as you know, I live in Swampland, okay? So uh, I'm surrounded by West Ham and, and Tottenham fans everywhere. Um, my local pub has quite a lot of Arsenal fans, but they'd been crowing and crowing and crowing right up uh, to, you know, probably about the semi-final of, of, of the, the FA Cup. And yeah, City are going to do, yeah, this, that, and the other. Then we done City. And then we go and we beat Liverpool in the league. Um, yeah, we just, we just sat there quietly. And then we go and win the FA Cup. And then I just explained to him, said, oh, that's like really screwed you guys, hasn't it? So what do you mean? So we got Europe, we finished sixth. I said, you did finish sixth. Well done. Well done. Enjoy. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, ce- imagine celebrating with your management team for a draw against Crystal Palace, only to find out that your North London rivals then win the FA Cup and you've got to play three extra games just to get in it. <laughs> that's how hilarious this team are. Unbelievable. Do you know that they may have to forfeit some of those games? It's two knockout games and then a playoff, um, and they could actually get knocked out of the Europa League without kicking a ball. If they get drawn against, I don't know, a Maltese side or uh, get drawn against a side in France or somewhere like that, um, they won't risk sending the team, if it's an away game, they won't risk sending the team away because they'd have to come back for a two-week quarantine. Oh dear, what a shame! I'll tell. You, listen, boys, I'll, I'll tell you a little little story. Right, this is true. I I used to go to school in Tottenham, as you all know, right? Uh, uh, and uh, at dinner time, or sometimes at break time, I used to sneak out and walk past the Spurs ground to go to the chip shop if I was hungry. And Tottenham used to have a player called Ian Moore's played for him. You boys probably won't remember him. He was that useless. Even the Tottenham fans didn't like him. You know, Ian Moore's. He's, he, he died, actually. He died at quite a young age, Ian Moore. So, so God rest him. But I walked in the chippy and who stood there at the counter in front of me getting some chips outside the Spurs ground? Ian Moore's, right? So he looks at me and smiles. And even at 13 or 14, I had the wit about me to look at him and say, don't be smiling at me, son. I support the proper team up the road on your bike. Right? <laughs> Picked his chips up, laughed, chips up, laughed to himself and walked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did Even you get, you get your phone out and get a selphie, did you? Uh, mate. <laughs> phone like this. Cell phones in them days, boys, you had to carry the batteries on your shoulder in a battery pack over your shoulder. <laughs> I never had one. Listen, uh, we're obviously we're in the close season. Um, we've got the uh, Community Shield on the 29th, um, which hopefully some of us are going to try to meet up and have a few beers and try and watch that. that that'll be a bit of a laugh. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I've yeah. not been invited. Uh, you're more than welcome. No, I've not been invited. Now you can shove it. I'm not coming. Yeah, fine. Sod you. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have started our transfer window. There's a lot of stuff happening on uh, at Arsenal. Some of some stuff we might talk about, some stuff we definitely will talk about. Uh, the first one, we've got, a, we've got another uh, so-called Chelsea reject, William. Um, Dan, what's your thoughts on, on William? He's 32. He's a free, uh, free signing. Um, he's a winger. Uh, he can play as a, an attacking uh, midfield forward player. Um, Arteta spoke 
highly of him. Arteta say, seems to say he fits the plan he's got. Um, listening to Arteta's interview, I, I felt it was a little bit of a dig at Ozil in the sense that he was saying um, what he likes about uh, William is when the, when the game gets tough, he digs in and he plays for the team, which felt very much a, 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 like the anticipus, or is that the right word? Whatever, um, of what Ozil does. What, what's your thoughts, Dan? Over the last <clears throat> seven or eight years, N'Golo Kante has been my favourite Chelsea player, but the one after that is Willian. I like that Pulisic lad. I think he's going to be a great player for him. But over the last few years, who's been at Chelsea and settled, Willian's been right up there. He's still doing it for Chelsea. He's great set-piece taker. He's got energy. He's got pace. He's got power. And he's got drive towards the defenders. But I want to take you back a year because we signed a player who's 32 years old from Chelsea who we were told was a winner and was going to be a great player in David Luiz, and that hasn't worked out. I want to take you back a year before that. We signed a 34-year-old right-back called Lich Steiner, who was awful. Then if you go back further than that, we signed Chelsea's goalkeeper, who we were told was one of the best in the league. That didn't really work out. Then to go back further than that, when we signed Kim Kallstrom with a broken back, and we were told, oh, he'll be fine for us for a couple of years, and he was poor. And then go back further than that, when we signed Mikhail Sylvest, who was 32 years old as a centre-half. Why are we still buying these washed-up players? We need to be learning from it. That's 10 years now where we bought washed-up players. Now, I think the William one is a strange one because having said all that I've just said, I actually like the lad and I think he's a good player. And I think that if Arteta wants him, then I'm happy. But if we've just gone for it for the cheap option and we're, that's all the signings we're going to be doing, then I'm not too keen on it. I want to see more happen. I still think we need the two positions that we've needed for 15 years filled that we still don't look to be getting filled, which is a centre-half and a defensive midfielder. And do you know what, Ferg? If we get those two in, then perhaps William will be an upgrade on somebody like Reese Nelson. And he'll probably start, if I'm honest, I imagine he'll probably play on the left-hand side and give Aubameyang that centre uh, central striker position and Pepe on the right. That's what I imagine will happen because I think Willian will probably want to come straight in. You talk about Arteta using him as a number 10. I don't really like number 10s in football, if I'm honest with you. But if he has got the number 10 role, um, then maybe you'll stick to the front three that he's kept in Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe and have Willian behind them and he can potentially feed those three. So it could be a signing that works out, but you can understand why I have my doubts over the last sort of 10 years when we're buying players over 30. It really hasn't worked out for us, Fergus, at all. Trev, your thoughts on, on, on the Willian signing? Yeah, I, listen, I can't argue with a word of what Dan said there. I mean, the only thing I can say is don't expect me to remember about that long. Dan, do you know how old I am, son? My memory's had it. <laughs> but... But you're exactly right, Dan. Um, we've, I don't mind. I don't mind signing William. We all know he's a good player. We all know he's a good player. But the way Dan summed up our history of buying players over the last few years is spot on. I don't mind us buying William, but I'm not excited about us buying William. I'm hoping that he's going to come to us and do a good job for a couple of years. Um, I, I don't know where we're going to play him. I don't think. I don't think he will play wide on the left. I think we've got loads of options there already. Um, I just worried that a sign of William coming is that Ceballos goes because I thought Ceballos towards the end of the season improved immensely. If anything, he became as more of a leader of the team than Xhaka was and Xhaka's meant to be our leader in the midfield. So that worries me a bit. But yeah, I don't mind William coming. I'm not excited about William coming. I just hope he's not another Czech, um, Louise, 
as we said. Because what, what, uh, while we mentioned Louise Fergus, I mean, I know, I know, we're just chatting here, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I said it once before, and I need to say it again. When Louise has a good game or a run of good games, there's, I don't think there's a better defender in the league than Louise when he's when he does that. But he's, every half a dozen games or so, he has a nightmare, and and he don't cost us a goal. He normally costs us the game. Man City, for example, gives a goal away and gets sent off, gives a penalty away, and you don't win the league by having defenders that cost you one in every six games because that means you lose at least six games a season, seven games a season, and that don't win you the league. So, you know, I worry. I, I don't like that about Louise. I can't dislike Louise either, but I'm hoping that William is going to be a different, a different, a different thing to what we've had do, in the past. Do, do you worry that um, the signing of, say, William, and there's also talk of Coutinho, uh, there's talk of Gabriel, uh, there's talk of, there's loads of talk about party, but what I'm hearing, party's probably not going to happen. Uh, we haven't talked to him, but listen, if it does, it's it's a bargain at forty five million. You could actually flip him and sell him the next day and make make forty million uh, profit. It, you know, but do you worry with William and some of these other signings that they might block the potential of the likes of Saka and Martinelli, who had you know, okay, Martinelli's been injured and he's probably going to be out till the end of the year. But Saka had a, a wonderful season last season, his debut season. He signed a new long term contract with us, and then we buy somebody who effectively plays in his position. Shall I go, Dan? Yeah? Do you know, I do, Fergus. I worry greatly, mate, because once again, I said it before, I said it a few times, our left-hand side, when we had Martinelli and Saka down that side with Tierney, was our strongest part of the field last year. And that's why I just said just now, Dan, that uh, I didn't really want, I'm hoping William doesn't play on the left because I think we need, we've got a, a, a side of youngsters on the left that we really need to play together. Um uh, as for him coming in and holding our youngsters back, I'm going to say something that people might knock me back for here, but I'm going to say it. I don't think, I hope I'm wrong, I don't think that we've got world beaters in Maitland-Niles, Nelson, and uh, who's the other lad? And Willock. I don't think we've got world beaters developing now. I think we've got good team players, we've got good squad players, but we haven't got standouts. And with Martinelli and Saka... We've got people that I think are going to develop into standouts. You know, that they're going to be that that step above. And the Indeed. thought that they might get held back worries me greatly, to be honest. I want to see that left-hand side this year. Tierney, Saka and, and Martinelli, if we can fit them in. I'd love to see that down that left-hand side. Dan, your thoughts on that? And and if we do bring in Coutinho, uh, Coutinho would probably play in a number 10, which would make William uh, definitely go out on the left. Um you know, we talked after the FA Cup final as well about uh, Pepe, uh, that you never wanted to see him play on the wing again. You wanted to play, uh, see him play in the centre because how good he was in that FA Cup final, driving the ball through the centre and supplying Aubameyang, et cetera, et cetera. What, what's your thoughts? Well, if we get Gabriel and Thomas Party, they've got no. We've got no problem with youngsters not getting games because we haven't got any youngsters in those positions. They'll just walk straight into the side first tide, in my opinion. But when you're looking at Willian's, Coutinho's, uh, Jolson Fernandez, the young lad we're trying to get, I don't know why we're getting wingers. I don't know why we're getting forward players. We've always needed a holding midfielder and a centre half. Now, if we're going to get Willian, um, I had a feeling the Coutinho deal would have some legs just because of the Raúl and Kia 
uh, Jarupshkan or whatever his name is uh, situation. <laughs> but that may now be in doubt. So I would be very surprised if we got Coutinho. I'm with Trev. I love Saka and Martinelli. I'm a big fan of Maitland-Niles, by the way, and I don't want to see him go. Uh, and there's rumours that he might be let, let leave. But I like the lad because I think he gives 110 and he's going to play in any single position. Willock and Nelson, they're not Arsenal quality, I'm afraid. Well, they're not at the moment anyway, certainly. So if we're going to get players to replace those two, I wouldn't be so so bothered. But um, Pepe, I like to see him down the middle a lot more. But let's remember that these players can play in certain positions now and they can switch around during the game. It's not nothing stopping Aubameyang starting centrally and coming from the left or starting left going centrally. Pepe starting right, coming centrally like he did in the FA Cup final. And Willian as well now. We know he can play wide or through the centre and it's good to have options. I think with Saka and Martinelli, the only thing I will say is that sometimes when kids are good enough, they will get into the side whatever. And I think if Saka and Martinelli continue the way they have been, Arteta will find it very hard not to pick them. And boys, we've got four competitions again now because we're in Europe. So we're going to need a big squad. So I'm, I'm yeah. all, all with it for these youngsters to come through and prove themselves yet again. Yeah, well, worth Mait- it. Maitland-Niles, again, um, we, we've read in the various red tops that um, he may be not surplus to requirements, but may have to be sacrificed to to fund other moves. But again, that may be in doubt because Arteta wasn't happy uh, about that decision being made. Um, he made his feelings known to Raul Sanyehi. Um Hearing a lot of rumours about Raul, um, nothing confirmed. Um, but from where I'm hearing... Raul may not be at the club much longer. What do you think if what do you think of maybe Maitland Niles staying? And what do you think of the whispering we're hearing, Dan? I think Maitland Niles staying is what is what Arteta wants. And I, I can see why. The guy was outstanding not only in the final but the semi-final. He's kept for us. He's kept now, he's kept Traore quiet, he's kept Zaha in his pocket, he kept Martial quiet. He's kept Riyad Mahrez quiet. He cut him once against Man City. And uh, he's managed to keep the um, left-hand side that he played against Chelsea. He was giving Aspilicueta absolute nightmares. Absolute nightmares down that left-hand side. So, for me, I'd love to keep the lads. He's 22 years old. He'll play right full-back, left full-back, left or right wing-back, midfield, centre midfield, number 10. This is what you need in your team. You know, we've had it over the years where we've needed players like that. He is a little James Milner for us. You know, he'll go anywhere. And he'll, and the thing is, he won't just play there. He'll give you 110%. There were murmurs that come out that say, I'm not a fullback. I want to play in midfield when he was young. I think now he's for, actually, let me take a step back. There's an opportunity for me here. I need to grow up a bit and say, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm okay to get in this side at fullback. I was gonna, I was gonna say, did you not see just at the end of <clears throat> probably the Emery era and maybe when uh, Freddie was looking after and just as Arteta was taken over, there was, you know, there was talk about his, like, your head wasn't in the game, his attitude was poor, um, you know, he, he he was a bit lethargic in, in his in his demeanour. Um, what do you think's changed? I think Mikel Arteta's changed. I think he's come in and he said, right, OK, I was late for a meeting or whatever it was and I was frozen out and I was told to find another club. 
and Arteta's told me if I prove myself, then I can get back into this side. And that's exactly what he did. And you could see that Arteta's had a massive part to play in him because after the semis in the final, he was picking him up, hugging him. He was absolutely in love with the kid. And that's why, because he's given 110% for the shirt. And that's all us fans ever ask. When you get people that we're going to come on to in a minute about, you know, how bad he was swanning around in Baku, that's what fans don't appreciate. Fans appreciate players that give 110% Fergus, no matter where they play, no matter what shirt they wear, whether it be the home or away shirt of Arsenal. It needs to be 110%. And that is what Maitland-Niles does, you know. <laughs> so I'm a big fan, big, big fan of the lad. Uh, Trevor, your thoughts on Maitland-Niles? And then I'll come back to um, uh, Dan on, on the Raul situation as well yeah. afterwards. But go on. Well, I'm, go agree- on. I'm agreeing a lot with Dan today because... Uh, don't get me wrong. What I just said about uh, Willock Nelson and Maitland Niles, I wasn't. It was in no way meant to be an insult to them or to say they're not class players because they are. Um, but Maitland Niles has improved this year. It, it, there, there was I can't remember the game it was now, but he came on as a sub in one game, and you could see Arteta giving him a big talking to on the sideline before he came on. And he came on and charged around like a bull, took a couple of players out, you know, and, and was obviously doing exactly as it, Arteta had asked him. And what we've got to remember as well is that players like uh, Maitland-Niles and, and Willock and Nelson, they're only going to improve more under Arteta. Arteta's had a broken season. We need another full season with them. So I don't want to see any of them leave the club, not at all. But as I said, I, I just hope they develop that little bit more, that little bit more. Um and while, I, while I'm at it, while I'm at it, right, Dan, <laughs> I, I've, I've decided that my two-season-long wind-up with you is going to stop, right? From this, I've made a new season resolution. I'm going to say to you, Kalazinac isn't brilliant, right, by a long way, right? <laughs> but it's it's worth saying is just to see the look on your face every week, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm going to knock that on the head this year. That's gone. That's finished. Um, I, I just hope we... Becomes a squad player at best. I'll tell, uh... tell you what was funny as well. Uh, what Dan done on his his personal Facebook page, he put up this uh, thing. Uh, post this. Uh, post this on your timeline and ask people to say in one word what they think of you. And both me and Trev came up with the exact same word. Mustafi. <laughs> yeah. I was just typing it, Fergus. I was just typing it when you popped up. I thought, oh, you bugger, he's beat me to it. <laughs> you touched on Arteta there. Um, Arteta, yeah, he's had a broken season. But in the main, he's had a season that has been played behind closed doors. He's had a season that's been really weird. It's like an extended preseason, but with a bit more... Je- Juju to it. It's got you know a little bit more bite to a preseason. That's got to have done him really good, and then winning the cup, obviously. But that's got to have done him really good, like bedding in at Arsenal. The players, you know, obviously are buying into the guy. Um, uh, there's a debate going on on Arsenal for, fans forum about um, Arteta and so on, and I I posted saying, you know, I wasn't convinced. I didn't particularly want Arteta to be our manager when he first signed, but from the very first interview he gave and to subsequent post-match interviews and the interview about um, William and every time he speaks, he speaks with such, it's not eloquence, um, it, it's its an authority and it's a, a self-belief that I, I, I you know, I, I think we're, we, we've, we've found a diamond, Trev. 
He speaks like you want a manager to speak and he speaks like he's got every confidence in what he wants to do and he knows he's got a plan. You look at Arteta, you listen to him talk and you think, this man's got a plan. This man knows, right? And hopefully that plan will come to fruition over the next season or two. Now, the Arsenal Football Club, I've got to be very careful with Arteta because all us fans have took quite a shine to him, haven't we? In the main, took quite a shine to Arteta. And if Arteta's coming out and saying, I want to keep Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'm making it public. I'm Mikel Arteta. I want to keep Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And then the club sell him from under Arteta's feet. That's just going to turn us fans against them upstairs even more, isn't it? Because we want Arteta to be successful. We want Arteta to be our leader. Who do you think... Um, who do you think the owners will back? Will they back the guys upstairs or will they back Arteta? Um, mate, you, you, I can't answer that question. I can't. I, obviously, I hope that they back Arteta, that Arteta's our number one man and he gets all the help he needs. It, it, it seems Arteta seems happy with Williams, so, so he's obviously got what he wants there. And Dan, how many times have we said it, mate? I'm agreeing with you again. All we ask as fans is when that team comes off that field, whether we've won 10 nil or lost 10 nil, I want to feel in here that we couldn't have done any better. I want to look, come out of that ground and think, well, we've done our utmost best there. And with Arteta at the end of the season, beating Man United, Man City, Chelsea and Liverpool in the space of a few weeks, it sort of makes us fans forget a little bit about the, the Tottenham, the Villa, the Brighton, doesn't it? You know? So you can see a development there. Because you named me the last season we beat all four of them teams in a few weeks. You can't because it happens, hasn't happened for a long, long time. A long time, a long time. Dan, um, do, you, do, do you think Arteta gets Arsenal? Uh, do you think he knows what it is to be part of the Arsenal? It's not just him as a manager and his management style, but he gets us. He, he, he gets the, the classes permanent, the, the heritage, the history, the stuff that Stan and that lot don't get. I think he gets, don't you? I think he's the most transparent manager in the Premier League. I don't think he feeds us any BS. I think he comes into the press conferences and he's, he's just been... I can't remember a manager who I've enjoyed so much listening to in the last 30 years in press conferences from any team. I just think yeah, he's... Dan, <laughs> yeah, Sean Deitch is uh, just needs some cough sweets, doesn't he, when he speaks? Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. But I look at Arsene Wenger over the last few years, and he, he's, he used to be quite funny when he first joined Arsenal. Then he'd just become frustrating. You know, we'd lose 8 2, and he'd say we showed great mental strength, and we've got a brilliant special squad of players. Just, just frustrated me. Now we've got someone who I think doesn't feed us any BS. You ask, does he know what it's like to be Arsenal? Not only did he play for us and captain us, but he was hugging every single player on that pitch when we won the FA Cup final. And then he went into the dressing room and it continued in there. And he's, he's basically like he was a player, like he was a fan, like he was one of us. And that's what we want to see. We just want someone who cares. Do, I get that. But do you want your manager being one of the players? I don't like that with Mourinho because he thinks he's like one of the boys. Do you want that from a manager? I wouldn't compare him to Mourinho at all. I think when it comes to Arteta, he actually gives 110% about Arsenal. Jose Mourinho doesn't care about Spurs, does he? Let's be honest. Lee didn't care. He doesn't care about Spurs any less than he did against for Porto, United or, or Milan or Madrid or Chelsea. So I think when it comes to Arteta, he actually cares about this football club and he, he knew it was special to play for us and he knows it's one of the best clubs in the world. So for me, Mikel Arteta, 100% 
everything he's done is spot on. Listen, he's going to make mistakes with subs and he's going to make tactical errors like he did maybe against Spurs the other week because they, you know, Mourinho did him. But when it comes to it, he is going to make mistakes because he's a young coach. But what I've seen so far, unbelievable. He has not got the tools to play the 4-3-3 that he wants. So he's changed it. Pep Guardiola didn't do that. He just went and spent 400 million on fullbacks and wingers. Arteta can't do that. So he's had to implement a style and he's had to put three at the back. And then he's playing a 3-6-1, then a 3-4-3, then a 3-5-2. What he's done is tactical masterclass, as far as I'm concerned, with players who were told, we were told, or he was told by Gary Neville, were uncoachable. He says he's not a magician, but I think he's he's close to being one overnight because how he's done that with this team, I will never know. Yet he won't play one of the potentially best players in 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 the league you know uh, a world cup winner um in in Mesut Ozil you know if if he's that good why can't he get a trick out of Ozil because it's the attitude of Mesut Ozil how many managers have have done this now with Mesut Ozil because people say oh it's four managers at Arsenal no it wasn't it was Carlo Ancelotti and Jose Mourinho also at Real Madrid who said we'll keep Di Maria you can have that Ozil we'll buy bail and you can and Arsenal fans sing it you saw Bale, we saw Mesozil. Oh, did we? What a shame. Because this guy should never have played for us. It was ridiculous. He was never suited to the way that we played. I don't believe, personally, he is as great as everyone says he is. He's a fantastic... Te- he's got fantastic technical ability, but his attitude is probably down in the conference, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Baku was the final straw for me, but I've been talking about this guy for four or five years and people have given me enough abuse about it, saying he's my best number 10 in the world. He's our most creative player. When we don't have him on the pitch, we don't score goals. Well, the stats don't lie. He's got two assists in two years for us and one goal. So you look at that and think we don't actually need the guy. I'd rather play, you know, Joe Willock or Danny Ceballos personally because they'll give us 110% and they'll chase up and down and they'll suit the style that Arteta wants. Arteta's given them enough rope and he's hung himself with it. Same with what Emery did. Same with what Arsene Wenger did in the end. And then Freddie Lundberg didn't fancy him when he came in and took over for a few games. He thought, oh, I can't play him because we look dreadful with he's on the, when he's on the pitch. Ancelotti, Mourinho, you're saying these managers don't know what they're doing. They all worked him out, every single one. And Arteta's worked him out in the first two games. He played against uh, Man United. I thought he was outstanding, Mesut Ozil. One game, I thought, oh, finally, let's see if someone can get a tick out of him. He played against Chelsea and Jorginho sat on him and he couldn't, couldn't move. His attitude is, it just stinks. And the whole thing that's come out over the last couple of weeks, the whole thing's a PR stunt. If you don't believe that P, that uh, Meza Ozil is doing this for PR, and for uh, th- then just look at who we've been speaking about for the last few months in Project Restart, a player that hasn't kicked a ball for us. Yet week in, week out, is in Instagram, my club, oh, I'm ready to play for this shirt. Nobody's picking. I've been treated atrociously by this club. The fans don't expect... The Muslim stuff in China, the uh, the Germany stuff. He says this makes him stronger. You watch the Last Dance documentary, and I'll tell you a couple of players there, basketball players that were, were used to turn everything around on them. Look at Cristiano Ronaldo. The amount of abuse he used to get, he turns it and thrives on it. He absolutely loves it. This guy's weak. He is weak men- mentally because when the the chips are down, he crumbles. And yet again, this guy is frozen out of the side because of his poor mentality. His weak. Uh, attitude and I don't believe the guy has got the ability to get back into this side now and he's saying he is I don't think Arteta is going to give him that chance we need to try and get him gone he's going to keep his contract for the final year but we need to get him gone ASAP mate Trev is he being treated harshly you know 
people people go on about he's on 350 grand a week and i know we chatted on the phone uh was it yesterday the day before just talking about what we could talk about on on here in the closed season um and I don't want to turn into an Ozil show. It's just a general Arsenal football chat. But he's on 350 grand a week. Uh, and I think the example I use is if if I'm working in whatever job, getting 50 grand a year or 40 grand a year, and the guy in the next desk to me is getting 55 or 60 grand a year, that's down to how he negotiated when he got the job. So, you know, what he gets paid, in my view, is irrelevant um, and fair play to him. But it's the effort he puts in. What, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on Ozil and, and the treatment that he's getting maybe in the press or by the club? Right, Fer Fergus, before we cover Ozil, you know I've been quite outspoken about Ozil. There's not many players that you'll find me being outspoken about because I don't. that's not the, the, the path I take when I do these things. I've got to take a step back here. Do you, you do not be comparing us with that mob down the road, Fergus. <laughs> right? I'm Marini. not Mourinho is his past his sell by date is gone and his Arteta going into that changing room with that FA Cup dancing with the players is exactly what we need because you've got to have a manager that the players like and the players want to perform for the players want to perform for Arteta we play well you will never ever see you do you remember when we had that bit on the telly of uh, Mourinho on the training ground at Man United having a crafty dig in Pogba's ear as he walked by and Pogba was looking at him like this and it was all over the telly. Pogba never played a game again properly for Man United under under Mourinho after that because Mourinho had upset him and he didn't want to play for him. Yeah? So you'll never... Mourinho, he's not in the same league as Arteta. He's not. I know he's won stuff, but that, that's gone. Going back to Ozil, you've been told off now, mate. I'll move on now, right? <laughs> Go, going back to Ozil... Don't start me off about Baku. We all know our thoughts on Baku. He just, he was, we had 10 men on the field, in my view. It was that bad. His, his effort levels were that bad. He's got, he has got the skills, but he, he's never shown them consistently enough. And as Dan rightly said again, all these managers are not wrong. I'd, I'd love to know what happened under Emery because Emery didn't want him. And then suddenly he was playing them again week in, week out. And our results dropped. Our results under Emery dropped off with Ozil in the side, but something went on there behind the scenes, and I think Emery might have been told. As for the three hundred and fifty grand a week contract, I can't hold that against Ozil because Ozil would have asked for that, but no one forced us to give it to him. Whoever yeah. gave him that contract, he, he should be booted out of Arsenal Football Club. I'm hoping it was Gazidis that gave him his contract because he's already gone and showing how useless he is elsewhere. But if that person that gave Ozil, that said, yes, yes, we will give Ozil £350,000 a week with the, with the history he's had with us, if they're still in our football club, they won't kick it out the door tomorrow. That's my view on it. But I'm not blaming Ozil for having that contract. The contract's part of it because no one, he, he weren't forcing anyone to give him it. Someone said yes. I believe you know? it was Gazidis, but if, if it is Raul, you know what? Trev, you've got some power. What's this space? <laughs> yeah, well, we've all heard about it, Fergus. You see, I like, for me, Arteta, Ljungberg, Edu rolls off the tongue a lot easier than Arteta, Ruel, Raul, Vinay. I, I, I know that Edu's been brilliant 
I know that Ljungberg's been brilliant, although Ljungberg doesn't have that amount of, of involvement anymore. I know that Arteta's been brilliant. That fills me with confidence that we've got people in there that know. Raul and, and that, they may well know, but I, I don't know them. They, they, they only seem to be seen when we're signing a player, never when we're in trouble. So I'm not too upset. I may be wrong. I'm not too upset if Raul does go. I'd like to see Edu getting more involved. So, yeah, I'm... If he goes, he goes. And if he gave Ozil that contract, I'm going down there to boot him out. I'll tell you. <laughs> Listen, um, other transfer rumours we, we we touched on um, briefly was possibly Coutinho. Can you see him fitting into the squad? Uh, you saw what he did last night. He came on against his, his parent club, Barcelona, playing for his lone club of Bayern Munich. Uh, one assist and two goals. And Barcelona looked a shadow of themselves. Um, you know, football is cycles, teams come and go. Um, you know, we were top of the league, now we're eighth. You know, we will get back up there again. I am sure of it. We're, we're that sort of a quality of a side. Coutinho, um, where would he play for us, Dan? I think Coutinho would play in a number 10 or a hard-working three. I think Coutinho's got the ability to, you know, if you said to me now in midfield next season is going to be Ceballos, Party, and Coutinho, that to me is better than Chaka and Guendouzi. So I'd be happy to see that uh, pushing forward. I think Coutinho could play in that kind of Kevin De Bruyne, James Madison, Jack Grealish type role, which isn't a number 10. It's kind of a hard-working back, front and forwards. I think he's actually got the ability to do that because he's got that tenacity that that South American has, who's just non-stop running. I speak to quite a lot of Liverpool fans. I was gutted when they lost him because he was such a threat and he was such a hard worker. He's a little battler. So I think this one had legs. If Raul was going, I don't think we'll get him personally because I think that was how we're going to get him. Raul and Kia, we're going to both get Coutinho to Arsenal. I'll be amazed if that happens now, if the rumours are true that Raul's leaving. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Fergus. Does Edu not fit nicely into Raul's shoes from that perspective with the Brazilians, Dan? That's all I'm thinking. But once again, if we signed Coutinho, it'd be a bit like the Williams signing for me, lads. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he's a good player. We'll have him. But I'm not I'm not really buzzing about signing. Same. You know, so, yeah. The good thing about the Coutinho deal is it would be a one-year season-long loan. So, yeah, we'd have probably take half his wages, which are going to be hefty. Uh, we'd pay nine million pound, I believe, as a as a, a loan fee, uh, but it means that you know a position is not totally blocked by an aging player. So for me, I, I'm I'm okay with the loan side of things. I wouldn't want to buy him. I don't think. Well, it depends how much he is, Ferg, doesn't it? Because I think he'll be a lot of money still. He's only 28, and he, or 27. So he's not a player that's 32 like Willian. So he would cost oh. you quite a bit of money. I mean, it was 145 million they bought him for in the end to Barcelona. So he's going to be like another 80 million, 90 million pound player, probably, any or something stupid like that. So yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think we're going to be paying that much money, but a loan would be good. But again, we need defensive midfielders and centre backs. I, th- I thought he was a bit older than that, boys. I, I did. I thought he was a little bit older. Well, if he's only 28, then then that sort of moves the goalposts a little bit, doesn't it? In football terms, because two or three years is a long time. Three years' time, he's 31. He's, st- he's still got a contract left in him. That's interesting. But if Coutinho comes, I think as well as William, that definitely means Ceballos has gone back, doesn't it? And I don't really want that to happen. You know, but Ceballos, Ceballos has been good in lockdown. Um, Sabias had won maybe two good games. The Burnley game at home uh, prior to that, he got injured and everything else. And everybody is waxing lyrical. Sabias is Sabias. Yes, I could see promise. I could see he was 
he was starting to look like a bit of a player that, and you could see why he is a Real Madrid player and you could see why we might be sniffing around and be interested. But, you know, he, he's not the finished article yet. He's way from that. Um, and if you can get something like Coutinho, just, I just, I've not watched him in Europe. Uh, I didn't watch the game last night. Um, but I just remember from Liverpool just ripping through defences. And if you got William, who done the same sort of thing, you got to continue doing what he's doing with Aubameyang up front. We know when we'll talk about who's going to go out, we, we know that probably Lacazette's not going to be here next season. But if you've got Pepe in, in and around there, again, I'm, the jury's out on Pepe, but he hasn't had enough time. But if you've got, if you've got forward line like that, Jesus Christ, we, 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 are, we are potent up front and we just need to back up what, what, what Dan was saying, was get, get the midfield and defence sorted. Yeah, massively, mate. And let's, well, let's not forget one thing. If Arteta says yes, then I'll say yes, because we want players that fit his style. And if he believes that Willian is going to be making Arsenal progress, then I'm with Arteta 100%. We talk about Partey and Gabriel. For me, I'd rather assign Gabriel and Partey than Coutinho and Willian, because for me, they're positions that we need. And they would walk straight into that side. They would replace and upgrade Granite Chaka and uh, Mustafi. So get them both in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Dan. It, it, just what? Why you you mentioned defenders, Fergus, and it just brought the two names into my head: uh, Saliba and Mari. Are they going to be? Uh, are they going to be what we need? Are they, they going to change our defence, boys? I've not seen much of it. I've seen a bit of Mari, but I've not seen much of Saliba. Mari, uh, he's got Premier League experience. He was at, wasn't he at Southampton? I think beforehand, or is that Cedric? I, I know Cedric was Southampton, but Mari is a decent player. I've seen him play against West Ham. He was solid. Uh, and uh, he, he was a, a good player, and he got injured just before lockdown, which was unfortunate. Um, Saliba, it's an unknown quantity. Everyone says he's fantastic. He plays in the French League, but we've seen players like Wenduzi. We've seen players, you know, loads of players come from the French League and then put them in a real league, like the Premier League, and they crash and burn. So I don't know. He looks a big, strong, strapping lad, Time will tell. But who 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 is he going to oust? You know, Chambers, they're talking about Chambers possibly going to Fulham. Uh, they're talking about Holding, possibly being loaned out. We're talking about getting rid of Guendouzi because of his attitude, Torreira because he's homesick. You know, there's there's loads of these players that are going out. Who who do you see um, Saliba's taking? He, he would probably take a holding spot, wouldn't he, Trev? Uh I don't know, Fergus. You see, the, the thing is with this Saliba and Mari, they're both big lads, aren't they, right? And we have not had the big imposing centre-offs for, for years. We've had centre-offs that, that, that are comparatively small compared to other teams. So who, who's, 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 we've got Louise and we've got um, Socrates and we've got, uh, who's the other lad who you just mentioned? Mustafi. Mustafi, right? Apart from Louise, I don't count at a minute. So the other two, then they're effort players, but they, they're not the biggest lads, right? And if you've got players, a, a centre-half or two that are six foot four, six foot six, you don't get the likes as what's happened in previous seasons of these lads, big lads at Southampton and at Brighton all come forward for set pieces and tower over our defenders and, and, and it fills them full of confidence and teams like that have been beating us, you know? So I... I I 
do you know what? This is a funny thing to say. I'm I'm not really worried about ball skills on the ground when it comes to a big centre-half. If he's imposing and good in the air and he's got the right players around him, maybe in a free with Tierney alongside him, then, then I think that's what we need. We need someone that's going to knock opposition's confidence when they come forward for set pieces because we've been bullied out of games too much. We started to see it ending towards the end of the season, but did we? Because Brighton beat us, you know? But I want to see a big, big, strong centre-half. Brighton, we played a four at the back, I believe. Um, and then it was from the Brighton game that we changed to a three at the back and we had Louise in the centre for three. And then Louise became a, a nine, ten out of a, a ten player rather than the usual two out of ten player that had he had been um, uh, before that. Um, guys, uh, we're going to run out of time shortly. Um one other thing I'd like to talk about, unless you want to add anything on the um, uh, Saliba thing, Dan, did you want to add anything on there or not? All I'll say quickly about that is William Saliba's six foot four, Pablo Marie six foot four, Gabrielle, if we sign him, is six foot three, and David Lewis is six foot two. The Socrates, the Mustafis, the Chambers, and the Holdings. I think will be gone. I think Holden will go on loan. I think Mustafi and Socrates will be out somehow. And I think that Chambers will go to Fulham uh, for a certain amount of fee. And I think we've got enough defenders there if we get Gabriel in. We need centre-backs that you've looked over the, the years. Sol Campbell won it. He was huge. You look at company, Van Dyke. We need that kind of monstrous guy at the back who was just that rock solid defender and if this Gabriel can do that he's got power he's got pace he's got strength he's great in the air by the way and he's naturally left footed you've got him and Pablo Marie that are left footed and then Saliba uh, and Luis as the, as the right footed one so I think he's going to go for a back three it wouldn't surprise me if Gabriel and Saliba are with Luis in the back three next season and Pablo Marie is the backup that's the way I'd go for it but I'll be more than happy if we get that centre back in Fergus because we need one mm, no I agree Absolutely. Um, right. Okay. We're in the midst of a, a global pandemic. Um, we're getting mixed messages from our governments around the world, uh, whether you believe them, don't believe them, whether you're into conspiracy theories, whatever, whatever it is. The facts are that we uh, have restrictions on the way we can conduct our lives, especially in the UK. We've got restrictions on uh, theatres, okay, which have been uh, eased uh, on Friday, restrictions on stadiums have been eased on Friday. So at the Crucible, uh, I think the the, the snooker um, final is going to be three hundred um, uh, uh, supporters, fans, uh, spectators um, allowed into that, which would normally have probably about four or five thousand or two thousand. But I don't know what the, the capacity of the, the Crucible is. But they're they're talking about you know the charity shield was was our community shield was was going to be possibly a game that they thought about trying and getting fans in. That's been confirmed that no fans will be in Wembley for that game. Uh, and then uh, in Germany, they're saying late October, they're hoping to get fans into their stadiums. Um, we, I, I was member, I'm a member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust and I was on their, um, I was on their last Zoom, uh, pug, uh, Zoom meeting um, uh, a couple of weeks back before the, uh, pandemic restrictions were put back in again, uh, and at that point they were hoping to get people in from about the first of September, or the first game in September, and have about fifteen percent capacity into into the the Emirates Stadium. That's probably going to be put back a few weeks. But the question is, first of all, um, your thoughts on? I have got two red memberships, and I've all got one junior membership for my grandson. Um, now 
if people don't understand how that works, that gives you entitlement to buy tickets. If you've got a red membership, you can buy a ticket one month before uh, the, the fixture date. If you've got a silver membership, you can uh, buy a ticket two months beforehand, which is on, on the fixture release date. Um, you need a membership. Uh, to buy a ticket at, uh, at Arsenal and you pay to have that card. It doesn't give you any guarantee or entitlement of tickets. But to do that, um, you pay a subscription every year. I pay, I think it's £30, is it, Trev, for each one of them? I, f I think it's about 30 I, I pay for the full pack because two of my red memberships are for the kids and they like the membership pack. So I think okay. it's... I think it's about 36 or 38 quid. I paid for three of them last week, Fergus. Yeah, over 100 quid. And so that means you're going to be able to buy tickets a month before kickoff. So uh, any day now, you should be able to buy tickets for the first home game of the season. Is that correct? <laughs> Do you know what, mate? I am. I'm very surprised that the Arsenal have taken the red memberships. It's because we're not going to have the opportunity to buy the tickets that we pay that we pay to do. You know, we we pay for our memberships, as you rightly said, to, to give us the right to try and purchase some tickets. And try is, is a big word there because, it does, as you said, it doesn't guarantee us tickets. The only thing I, that, that I can think of is maybe they've got that, but they must have hundreds of thousands of red members. I mean, it would be stupid, the amount of hundreds of thousands of red members. And would it be a logistical nightmare? Could their systems cope if they left taking that money until, you know, until... The, the, the announced, but they delayed it for about a month, six weeks, so they can easily. I know how financial systems work, but that's what I do here. Um, and they could just stop the button, and the direct debit doesn't come out. They have to call for the direct debit. The, the fact that they've taken the thirty pound, thirty five, forty forty pound for silver, red, and junior gunner members um, when they can't buy a ticket um, is is absolutely abhorrent. They could have easily just said, "You've got a year free." Um, they haven't even asked. All three of us are season ticket holders. We go to every game and some of us go away. Some of us go to Baku. Some of, you know, we, we go to as many games as we can. We haven't been informed about whether we can get back into this, into the, into the stadium for our season tickets. We haven't been asked to renew our season tickets. Dan, thoughts on, on, on taking the 30, 30 quid, you know, it's, it's, it's an afternoon out in the pub, isn't it? Really? Mm, yeah. My my feeling of this: if we can't all go back into the stadium, then I don't think I want to see us go back in the stadium. If we can only have ten of us in, twenty hundreds of us in, two thousand of us in, it's going to be so unfair. How do we work this out? A ballot, a every two seats. I mean, I sit next to me dad, and that's the main reason I go to football. Are we not going to be allowed to go? Are only one of us going to be allowed to go? I just think it's all nonsense, and I think that it's going to get to a stage where people are going to get to to. Oh, you can go to this game. I don't want to go. Cheers. I'm not with me mates. I'll just stay at home. The example I gave from uh, me and Trev were talking about this. And I think I spoke to you briefly last night about it as well. Um, the example I gave Trev is, OK, first game of the season is against Liverpool, Tottenham. Just just pick a big game. They allow 15% in. OK, it's the first game of the season. It's the first opportunity we're going to go back. Those 15%, however they're chosen, be it ballot, be it by name, by number, by row, every odd, odd row and odd, odd seat, um, whatever, those 15% are going to turn up. They're going to come into a stadium that probably won't have any away fans because they won't want to encourage spreading the pandemic uh, because they don't realise that uh, Arsenal fans come from, all, from all, all, over, all over the country. They all live in Islington. Um, so so uh, 
you know, they won't want to encourage away fans to come. So those 15% turn up and go, oh, it was a great game. Yeah, the next game we got, pick a, a Cat-C game, Burnley, Brighton, whatever it be, um, and the 15% turn up. Well, actually, you know what? 15% aren't going to turn up for that game, probably about 10%. And that 10% are going to realise that, you know, Christ's atmosphere is absolutely awful. All my mates are down the Tollington, or all my mates are up the pins, or oh, all my mates are in the Gunners pub. Totally you know agree. What? I'm going to start off at half time. I'm going to watch them. The stadium is going to be empty. They need to either get it back or don't get it back. I totally agree. You look at how many people we meet up with, just us three. How many people have we met through social media, through uh, going to games, and we're going to turn up and they go, oh, I know a couple of them. All the others are down the pub. I might as well just go down the pub with them then and watch it together. You know, totally with you, Ferg. So everyone comes back or we don't come back at all until it's safe to do so, as far as I'm concerned. Trev? Well, you boys just made me happy because if you two ain't going, I've got more chance of getting a ticket. (laughs) 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 No, boys, I do see your point and and, and I am with you all the way on it. But we, we have, there is a but, obviously. We have got to get stadiums open. We have got to get people going into the ground. No system is going to be perfect. They're not going to let us fill it straight away. I don't think that's going to happen in a million years. We are going to have some kind of stage return. No system, and nothing they do is going to be perfect. And whatever they do, someone is going to be upset. So I'm just like sitting on the fence with it, really. What will be, will be. If, if someone messages me on my Arsenal account and says, do you want to go to a game? I'm going to say, yes, thank you very much. If I can't go and someone else does, then I'm going to see the system and I'm going to say, all right. Having said that, if you boys are down the pub, let me know where you are, please. <laughs> well, that's it. And if if Arsenal come along and say, I'll tell you what, and as a season ticket holder, you can opt out for financial or health reasons. You can opt out for a year and they will hold your season ticket and you can ring up the next year and say, yeah, I want my season ticket back and they will give you a season ticket back. But they will not guarantee that I get seat 151 block uh, block 5 row 9 they will not guarantee that if i was given that guarantee of having 151 block 5 row 9 and i had to give it up for a year for the for the sake of dan and his dad being able to go together or for some people who wanted to go i would consider it partly for a little bit of a football reset nothing financially because it's irrelevant. It's a grand, you know, it's it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you know, going to the football costs more than bloody, more than the season ticket by the time you add on your beer, your travel, your football and everything else. I, I, I would consider, you know, stepping back for a year, but only under the consideration that I got my exact seat back because I've got my mates around. I went there as a as a lone season ticket holder, I knew nobody. Uh, Dan, this is what's ten years now. I think I've been there. Yeah. I knew nobody, and you just me being me. I started chatting to a few people, and I started chatting to you, and we go hello. And it was Mark actually, Mark Porter, that uh, introduced me and you. And then the rest has gone from there. Really, w- would you give up your ticket? I wouldn't want to give up my seat. I really wouldn't. No, I like where I sit. I like you, Ferg. I know everybody in front of me to the left and right and behind me and even further across like where you sit now. So I, I wouldn't want to lose that personally. I will keep hold of it and then we'll all go in when we're safe to do so. They can't keep us out forever. You know, they can't keep us out for two or three seasons. So I hope 
that we get. I think we'll get to into well into the new year before we're allowed to go again, personally. But I think it will probably be around Easter time before we're allowed to go back into it. If it works at the snooker and the other events, then hopefully football will be after them. So do you renew and just not go and then wait till the sale? Yeah, I'll, I'll renew and then I'll just sell the t- ticket each game, I think. But you mightn't be able, with track and trace, this is another thing they're talking about and the Arsenal Supporters Trust talked about. Um, you know, there's many season tickets out there that are rented. There's many season tickets uh, that people uh, transfer them on friends and family via the um, Arsenal website and people just exchange tickets outside the stadium. And uh, there's all sorts of shenanigans and stuff that goes on. Forget about towsing. It's not towsing. Um, but, uh, you know, with track and trace, they'll want to know that it's, you know, Trevor and Fergus and Dan with that number in that seat, surely you won't be able to sell your seat on then. I don't know how they're going to police that personally. It's going to be bloody ridiculously hard to do that, isn't it? That's going to take us out two hours to get in the ground. Could you confirm your details, get your driving license out? Now we've got a track and track. It's going to be brimming hard. They're going into contactless payment in, in, in the stadium. They've done that uh, after Christmas, I think it was. Uh, there's talk about contactless entry into the stadium, giving us an app so you can load your season ticket into your wallet onto your phone. And I think there might be something that they do with the app and link the app with ID and uh, have to do some. Uh, I'm working on a project in work um, uh, with uh, e- electronic ID so that you take a picture of your, your face, take a picture of your driving license, it links your ID and it could link with your season ticket. And that will change it for a lot of people. Trev, would you renew and um, just not go for a bit? Oh, absolutely, I'd renew, Fergus. Hundred percent, I'd renew, mate. I'd, ne- I'd never not. But I, we would, if we don't go, we're not going to lose money, are we? You know, we, you, you know, you say that uh, that that um, it'll be difficult to to lend someone your season ticket or transfer it, but there'll be a way. And and if you can't go, I'm pretty sure that we you wouldn't lose money. There'll be some something within that system because there's not so many fans there. That would say, you know, you're not going to lose your money. So yeah, hundred percent, I'd, I would, uh, I would renew Fergus. I'm, I'm that desperate to get myself back in that stadium to watch a, a live game of Arsenal football. That I would <coughs> go if only there was a fifteen percent in the stadium. I'll hold my hands up. I would. I want to watch my side. I want to watch my team. I want to be. I know that I probably wouldn't be, but I want to be around the boys. I want. I, I love the socialising. You know. So what if the boys aren't there? Me, if if they sent me an email now saying Trevor, do you want to renew? I would come off this podcast now and say yes, thank you, and send me details. Yeah, I, I, I want to be back there. Uh, you know, if all your mates are not there, or if your friends are not there, I've been gone to football plenty of times. You know, on my own before. I'd rather not, but I do, and I go and watch the game, and then I meet up with someone I know afterwards. So there's no way on this earth that I wouldn't renew my ticket. I, th- I think it's vital for football. Um, to get us normal, I say normal, average fans. Overran again, by the way. Um, the the uh, Something else we discussed was um, the importance of fans and the difference between uh, a stadium-going fan and um, a, uh, an armchair fan or an overseas fan. Um, I don't think there's any difference in their passion and their support of uh, of 
of Arsenal and their love of Arsenal, getting up at four o'clock in the morning as as Max does down in in Melbourne to watch Arsenal and some of the guys in stateside that watch it at all sorts of silly hours. Um, you know it, that takes some dedication, but we as stadium going fans are a, a, a very 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 important part of the sporting experience and that's just been demonstrated since um the the, the 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 football came back a stadium with fake noise or a stadium with no no crowds is not a product that sky bt uh the premier league can sell easily if they can sell it easily then the money dries up uh the uh, corporate people who spend 10 grand a week on a box, who spend 15, 20 quid on a, a bottle of water and 50 quid on a glass of champagne because they're going to the match day experience. Um, you know, it's, you know, they need us back in that stadium and they need us back in there quick. Yeah, they, right. they do. They do, Fergus. They, they, they do need us back in there. Just to, 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 just to go back to, briefly, I know we've overrun, I'm sorry, mate, but that are, as we call them, armchair fans, overseas fans. They're all as big of fans as us, boys. Absolutely, they're all as big of fans as us. They all they all cheer for their team, and and television nowadays makes it a lot easier to be a passionate, passionate fan. And 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 I respect them, a hundred percent respect them. But there is a difference between fans that go to the ground. There is a difference, and and we have to accept that. And uh, I I want to go to the ground. I want to go to the ground, and uh, so there, yeah, right. Listen, we've all got we've all got things to do. Uh, we've overran. This was meant to be. Trev, I said we'd struggle. I said I said we'd struggle. Well, and what <laughs> did I tell you? What did I tell you, Fergus? <laughs> Listen, you have uh, been fantastic. Thanks very much for uh, starting my Saturday morning off uh, very very well. Unfortunately, we got no football. Uh, today, but we, we can, I'll edit this and hopefully get this up later on today, and uh, people can enjoy um, a, a Saturday afternoon listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons with Dan Potts and Trevor Hills. Um, you have been listening to an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Only one last thing to say: up the arse, up the arse. Come on, you. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.